my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So this week, we are going to be talking about forgiving others and some of the things that get in the way of us doing it effectively. So if you are a personal development junkie, if you love doing self-help work, um, reading books, podcasts, seminars, all that stuff, um, if you're a person who is very in touch with their faith or spiritual principles, you have heard and you have talked about the importance of forgiveness. Even if it is something that you've struggled with, you have probably heard that there are countless emotional benefits and spiritual benefits and physical benefits, all of the above, because forgiveness is a gift for you, not for other people. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, 
gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from thehoneypot.co slash summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. So forgiveness can be hard, right? It can be very difficult to um, let things go. So I'm just going to recap really quickly some of the main points that you have most likely heard in other spaces. And then I'm going to transition to what I really want to talk about, which is how to forgive and how to not get stuck when you battle with an intimacy disorder or attachment disorder like love addiction, love avoidance, or love anorexia. Because sometimes forgiveness or the act of forgiveness can be very confusing um, because it is difficult for us to connect in a healthy way um, to some people or maybe to all people depending on uh, what it looks like for you. Forgiveness can be very confusing because maybe you forgive too much of the wrong type of people or maybe you hold grudges against people that you should not hold grudges against because they are healthy for you. And so we're going to dig into special concepts and topics that are particular for those with intimacy disorders. Of course, everyone could listen. Everyone could probably hear some helpful tips, but this is for you. So back to the main points that you have most likely heard about forgiveness. And if you haven't, I'm happy to share. So one of the first things for you to understand about forgiveness, when someone hurts you, when someone abuses you, when someone has lied on you or betrayed you, by you forgiving them, it does not mean that what you're saying is that it is okay. You are not condoning it. What you're saying by forgiveness is that you are letting it go and you're moving on to find peace. You are accepting where things are right now and it doesn't mean that you don't put down boundaries it doesn't mean that you're friends with these people it doesn't mean that you let them into your circle but what it does mean is that you are not going to carry around the anger hate resentment and grudges because it does not hurt the other person at all you're the one that carries around all those feelings right and it takes a lot more energy to stay in that negative space than to stay in a space of joy and positivity and hope and forgiveness. And even though some people are um, maybe thinking about some really big tragedies or traumas that may be a struggle for you to forgive, I'm going to give a smaller example. Have you ever talked to someone and you're like really mad at them and then they say something that's funny and like you try your hardest to stay mad and not laugh at them, to not like give a little bit um, just because you want them to know that you're upset and you want like that that message to be communicated. Meanwhile, it is so much harder for you to stay and make yourself angry and recap why was I mad in the first place and like get in that space versus you just laughing and breaking the tension, right? And if you laugh and break the tension, that doesn't mean that you're saying that what just happened or whatever occurred was okay, right? but it clears the space and it opens up an avenue or a pathway for communication to come in a different way. Maybe for it to be more easily accepted, maybe for some of the fog and the energy around it to loosen up. But you know, that's, that's related, but a different topic, but it takes too much of you to stay in that negativity. And so when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to moving on, it helps you find peace to let this go or to let some of what happened 
go. The other concept that is often taught when people talk about forgiveness is that, you know, when you hold on to grudges and when you hold on to old things that have happened, um, it really hurts you more than it hurts them. And they get off, they get to go off and live their life. And you're the one who's stuck where you are. And, you know, the classic phrase or cliche that's said a lot is as if you're taking poison and waiting for them to die right? But you're the one who's poisoning your own psyche. And so really like you're not teaching anybody a lesson. You're not proving to them and showing them how angry you are because really they get to go off and live their best life. And you're the one who is really trapped um, in the past, right? And it's hard for you to move forward because you're the one who says, I have to like hold on to this thought and I have to hold on to this perspective of what happened, right? And that's a very lonely place to be. And so forgiveness frees you to actually make decisions that are probably more healthy and more protective than you trying to hold this grudge against somebody else. And really living in unforgiveness sets the stage for you to have really crappy relationships in other places too. When you're someone who struggles with forgiveness, it's hard for anyone to catch a break. Or, you know, you become a cutoff queen like I've talked about before where, you know, people have a certain period of time or they have a certain number of strikes and then you put them in a box and it's a box that they can't get out of because you have framed being a woman of unforgiveness as being a woman who is very intuitive or someone who is very wise or someone who's really good at reading character when really what it is is that you have been hurt and you're using that hurt as a template against other people, right? So the, the judgments and decisions that you make are not based on fact. And you go into an extreme. So one of the ways to know whether or not you are making a healthy decision or if you operate out of a healthy place in your life is, is there balance? You know, do you have a mindset and do you have a way of interacting with other people in the world that's all or nothing? So either you completely like let people get away with things and you don't hold them to the standards that you should hold them to, or are you very harsh and strict and firm and um, extreme when people do have a slight against you? So again, a legitimate slight, but you use the same rule of thumb of unforgiveness and grudges, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, whether it's intentional or unintentional whether or not it's egregious or um, a social faux pas, right? So you use the same hammer for every single hole or every single um, problem. So unforgiveness can keep us stuck. And again, we can have really fancy ways of dressing that up. And if we operate in a place of unforgiveness, again, we're going to be in a very lonely place. And the way that we will dress up that loneliness and project it and make it seem like it's other people, not us, is we'll say, well, I just have to find the right people and I can't find people who are really good for me. And maybe sometimes it is that you're around toxic people, but what often happens is even if you are around toxic people, there are good people around you too that you have used your mindset of unforgiveness to keep them away because it's safer for you to be by yourself. And so you're never really going to find anyone who is perfect. That's something to consider. So yeah, those are some main topics and main points that you will probably hear when you when other people talk about forgiveness and how it should happen. And if you want more about that, then I invite you to 
search your iTunes for topics on forgiveness um, and see if you can find some other teachers and coaches that can help explain this topic um, in an extended version. Um, I promise you there are tons of really great podcast episodes. But for this one, I really want to talk about the three traps that we fall into when it comes to forgiving others for those of us who struggle with intimacy disorders. So as a recap, the thing about an intimacy disorder is we have learned how to connect or disconnect to other people and to ourselves in an unhealthy way. Based on our own unresolved trauma, um, we have learned subconsciously or maybe even consciously that being close to other people is dangerous um, or is unpredictable. And so we all have these different coping mechanisms Some of them look socially appropriate to other people. Some of them do not. I already gave one example of a socially appropriate way of describing being someone who's very avoidant and cuts people off is by you saying that like you're just very discerning and you're very intuitive and you're good at reading people when really it's a you problem versus an other person problem. But no matter where you are in the spectrum, The thing that is true about someone who struggles with an intimacy disorder is that it's the closeness that that's the problem. And so what happens is when we are around or exposed to people who may be good for us, we are not available to them. And when we are around people who are not available to us, those are the people that we really want. And just as a caveat, because I think some people, especially if you're a new listener and you're thinking, well, I actually have a lot of really great people around me. And, you know, a lot of things that you talk about in this podcast, I can relate to. So I don't think that's me. This is really confusing. Something for you to keep in mind is, do you have lots of friends that are really great people but they all only know you a little bit. Are you constantly in this rotation of hanging out with multiple people? Do you have 20 plus people in your close friend group, right? That you're constantly, so you're constantly popular, you're out there, you're talking with people, you're being with people, but no one really gets to go that deep with you. Or they have one deep moment and then you're busy for months or you're hanging out with other people until you come back around to them, right? So again, there are some really incredible ways that we can really cope and go through our whole lives without people actually knowing us and without actually being seen and then wondering why do I feel so lonely and why do I feel so not good enough if I'm literally around so many people and I still feel so alone, right? So anyways, back to the traps. So one of the first traps that we are or can be vulnerable to if we struggle with an intimacy disorder is that we forgive people that we shouldn't and we don't forgive the people that we should. So again, just the same concept of we keep away healthy, available people and we let in people who are unavailable and potentially toxic. So the classic, almost stereotypical definition or example of this um, is you have a boyfriend or girlfriend who is constantly cheating on you or letting you down or disappointing you and you continue to forgive them. And so, you know, they'll make excuses, you'll give ultimatums, say this has to change. They promise they'll change or sometimes they don't even promise that they'll change and um, you just let it go and just hope for the best and you forgive it, right? Versus 
you have a best friend who who is late for a brunch and you feel like she constantly takes your time for granted even though you know this is not a constant pattern but for whatever reason it's a trigger for you so you say well i'm just going to match her energy right or even more common than that is you're having a conversation with someone um they say something that triggers you You may or may not even tell them that this was a trigger to you, but it really puts you in your feelings. You spend a lot of time in your head afterwards just making up what you think they meant by it and you know what they meant and like you're putting all these pieces together to like try to figure out um, what their intentions are and make it fit this image that you have that they really are against you. And because you have all this in your head, you have now formed a grudge. You now have a sense of unforgiveness And you now have some emotional distance towards this person. So meanwhile, this person may still keep calling you, still keep trying to hang out. And um, they don't know that you do not forgive them for this trigger that happened that you did not communicate to them. And then the really interesting part, and in this example that happens so often is this person is on the receiving end of your unavailability. And then they stop reaching out to you because they could tell that you're not going to respond to them. And then you get even more upset for the fact that now they aren't calling you. And you're like, see, she or he is not a real friend because they don't even call me anymore. Well, girl, you weren't answering the phone, (laughs) you know? So that just connects to my earlier point about how part of what happens with unforgiveness is looking at ourselves and not just looking at um, the other person. And is this thing even worth me forgiving. So now that I've given you some examples of this, forgiving the people that we shouldn't and not forgiving those that we should, the reason why this is a problem is because when we forgive the people that we shouldn't and we don't forgive those that we should, we continue to live in this cycle and this pattern that validates the idea that we cannot trust those around us, that um, love, honesty, faithfulness, generosity, whatever it may be that we're truly searching for is always something that evades us. So some people have some really legitimate stories and examples of how they've tried to trust people. They've tried to be friends with folks. They've tried to communicate and these people totally like blew them off. They totally were disrespectful, discounted them, used whatever happened against them, whatever it may be. And these are again, based in fact. And so that might be a fact, but the problem is, is that you have chosen to invest and open up to people who are not healthy and not good for you. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. 
From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And so when you do that, no matter how much you try to communicate and express your feelings and try to use appropriate communication tools, you are still talking to someone who is unavailable. And if someone is unavailable, they cannot or they will not be able to give you what you're looking for. So you're just wasting your breath, you're wasting their time, you're, you're having all this frustration um, for a situation that's not going to change. You know, there's an example that I give um, my students and my clients often, is it's like you're talking to an orange tree or looking at an orange tree trying to get it to be an apple tree. And you know, no matter how much you try to talk to it and try to make it something that it's not, it's not going to change. And there's no fault on you that you can't get the orange tree to be an apple tree. That's not you. The orange tree is just what it is. And it's best for you to go out and look for an apple. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. And then to use that same metaphor when it comes to looking at Apple and the way that we may push away the good because, you know, at the end of the day, what we say we want is to be seen, to feel completely ourselves, to feel in touch and grounded and to be safe in whatever place, whatever relationship we're in, especially our relationship with ourselves. And by the way, next week's episode is going to be about forgiving ourselves. But um, we say that this is what we want. But then when we meet people who are healthy and appropriate, we put them through all these tests and we hold them to impossible standards to try to offset all the drama that happened with the unavailable people. And it's at these limits that they can never cross, that they can never breach. 
and it sets them up for fatigue because a healthy person is not going to keep jumping through all these hoops to get to the other side, right? You know, when I'm with my clients and um, they, my women are, they're at a place where they're like dating or in relationships and if they happen to tell me about someone that they're talking to um, who, and let's say that they're like in an unhealthy place and they're like playing all these games with, with this person and not being fully appropriate. And they tell me that this person is like trying to like jump through all these hoops and like prove themselves to her. I'm like, uh, let's pause here. Let's kind of like think about why someone who has a lot of self-worth and self-respect would continue to take emotional, mental, and spiritual neglect and abandonment and sometimes abuse from you to prove that they are lovable and trustworthy. You know, a healthy person may communicate and try several times, but they're not going to continue to take it. They are going to have their own limits and boundaries, right? And if we are not careful, those of us who have intimacy disorders, we will see someone who has healthy limits and boundaries and say that they are being unreasonable, that they are being uncompromising, that they're being unfair, or they're just not the right person to be our friend, to be our lover, or whatever it might be. When really it's a us problem. So now we have this apple in our hands, and you know, it's what we said that we wanted, right? But we're turning the apple around and we're like, well, it's not as glossy as I think it should be. And what's this mark right here? And this stem is kind of off. I think I need another apple. You know, like we're just not satisfied because it's not the apple, it's us, right? So the way you work through the first point is to understand that um, you may be playing out the same unhealthy cycles when you don't have any standards for the men and women in your life who are unavailable and you give them a little bit too much leeway. And then when you don't communicate and you hold healthy friends and people to impossible standards. So this is actually the second point. This is the second trap that we fall into when it comes to forgiving other people is when we don't express what happened. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I have people in my chair, on my couch, on video calls, whatever it may be, or just in just casual conversation um, with friends and otherwise who will say, yeah, like such and such happened um, and it really hurt my feelings. And then I'll say, oh, did you talk to them about it? And, and they'll be like, no, I just, just dealt with it myself. And they didn't deal with them themselves because they're telling me and they tell me how present tense right now, they're still upset about it. So then when I kind of point that out and I'm like, yeah, well, you still sound like you're upset. Like, is this something that, um, maybe you should talk with them about? Cause it doesn't sound like you've handled it. Then they'll say, then that's when they'll like change the verb tense of everything that they said. And they'll be like, no, like I'm fine. You know, like I just, I dealt with it. It's okay. Like I'm good. And there's like this really big aversion that we can have against talking with people about things that happened. And it can come from a lot of different places, like fear of being rejected, fear of being abandoned, fear of sometimes being wrong, fear of looking like you're losing control by going back to somebody and 
telling them how you feel because you feel like you need to be strong, um, not wanting to hurt their feelings because you're so used to um, staying small and not having your own voice, whatever it may be. But, you know, just like I talked about how forgiveness is more for you um, or is a gift to you um, as much as it may be for the other person if they care about it. Sometimes people don't care. Um, but forgiveness is just as much a gift for you when you communicate or communicating what happened is a gift because there is pain when you don't use your voice. You know, a lot of us have trauma or part of our trauma is because we felt powerless to say how we felt or we're in places where people didn't really care how we felt and their feelings were the most important or it got shouted out um, or we got shouted out, right? Like their voices were louder or we had to find other ways to cope. And so like part of our healing process is using our voice and using it in a healthy way, right? So all that to say for point two for the second trap is like forgiveness is great. Like if you can kind of handle it on your own, then that's, that's great. But sometimes what needs to happen for you to like fully get through this process is to talk with them about it. If nothing more, just to say what happened for you and to like say out loud and validate and protect your inner self. And the third point or the third trap that we can fall into is forgiving, but not setting boundaries and standards afterward. So this is kind of connected to the first one where we may over forgive people um, who maybe we shouldn't um, forgive, maybe even in the first place, but definitely not for the second, third or fourth time. Well, okay, take that back. We should always forgive but our actions and our behaviors around them and um, the limits that we set with them is what is not changing. And that is what should change. If I forgive you, but then I don't set boundaries afterwards, such as I'm no longer sending you money anymore, or um, you, know, you need to pay me this much interest at this time, or you need to give me collateral in case I don't get my money back, whatever it may be then you are setting yourself up to be used over and over again. And the reason why this is an issue for those of us who struggle with intimacy disorders is because on one hand, some of us struggle with this really desperate need to be loved, to be liked, to not be hurt. You know, some of us are so afraid of people raging at us that even when we know that we are right, even when we know that we have a point, um, we really are so conditioned to not rock the boat. And what's crazy, again, when it comes to intimacy disorders, is that this can vary depending on the people that we're around. It is so common that we, there's a group of people that we have no problem setting boundaries with, communicating with, doing our thing with, but then there's another group of people, usually a very specific subset, that whenever we're around them, we lose our voice, we lose our sense of selves, we like regress back to a childlike state or a childlike way of like thinking about the world, whatever it may be. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, I, I know who I am, so why is this happening? And that is because there is a disconnection to yourself that happens, right? There is an old wound that gets rubbed on in these places. 
And sometimes we're not aware until we were in these situations and then we're like, okay, there must be something else going on. There must be something deeper, right? So in you healing your intimacy disorder is a two-parter of you learning how to set standards and boundaries for yourself and also for other people and them teaching you teaching people how to treat you. So those are the three traps that we can fall into when it comes to battling forgiveness and forgiving other people for those of us with love addictions, love avoidance, and love anorexia. We go deeper into this in our Learn to Thrive program, which is our group coaching program. Um, It is the signature offer for Black Girls Heal, where we talk about all things healing love addiction and feeling enough and giving you the life that you want to thrive. Um, We really pride ourselves on this program because it really is a holistic program that has helped women who have been in therapy for years truly accelerate their progress and make some breakthroughs that they had never been able to break before. There is a complete system that literally lays out everything for you and makes the healing process and next steps to take super easy if there is a way for healing to be easy or at least clear. And then a quality coaching um, provided by me where I am there to lead you every step of the way and answer all of the questions that you may have in depth and also provide a little flashlight for you on this path towards healing and recovery that you are taking. There are breakthroughs and understanding every week and I would love for you to join our Thrive family. I'm doing something different these days. Um, So instead of you joining the wait list, I would love to talk with anyone who is interested in the program. Um, Anyone who is ready to learn more and get some information and get started. So if you have been thinking about joining this program and just waiting for the right time and you're like, you know what, I think this is a time. It's about to be holiday season. I need to not only get my own like connection and inner healing with myself right i need to be prepared for all this family drama that's about to happen it is cuffing season like coming down in full effect and this is going to be a hard time for me and i need some support i got you so this will be an excellent time for you to join our program so if you would like to schedule time with me you can go to blackgirlsheal.org book And that link is also in the bio and find a time that works for you and book the call. And we will dig into exactly what is going on with you, why it is that you want to join the program, what you've tried before, and whether or not I think it is a great fit. Um, I have literally told some people before if I don't think it's a good fit. And so it's my intention that everyone gets well. And so for those of you interested, I look forward to talking with you about how I can help you on this journey, especially during the holiday season, should you be listening to this in real time. So that is it for this episode. I hope you have a wonderful one and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.